0: You are listening to the HingeWork podcast, a conversation about creativity, joy, and authenticity from the overflow of true community.
1: Well, I'm my name's Gabe. We got Kent today. You have a last name I've Gabe Gabe McMullen. I'm
0: Kent Mass. And today we have two very special guests.
2: I'm Mark Buckwalter, probably most famously, husband of Heather.
0: Aw, <laughs> that's adorable. How do you compete with that?
3: And, and Heather Buckwater. Woo! Yay! Yay. Yes. <laughs> I am wife to Mark Buckwater.
0: What a privilege.
3: Um, I am a mother to five children, mm-hmm. um, ages 6 to 15. Mm-hmm. I am... Um, have a business called Curate Design Co. where I help um, people just decorate or create home in their spaces. Um, Particularly, I have done some Airbnbs and a hotel. I really love to, um, yeah, yeah, create beauty and make home. Like, specifically, like, yeah, creating home. Even in places that aren't home, making it feel like home. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we lived in 10 houses. So I think just over and over creating home, it grew to be something I've loved to do is just, um, yeah, create home and create atmosphere that connections can happen.
0: I love, I love, like... <laughs> like, you
2: you guys are going to see all the kicking under the Dude, table and the it. slapping and...
0: There is a story about that. <laughs> there is a
2: story about that, Yeah, Kim. I remember this story, remember so the
0: story? tell us about this story a little bit more. Yeah, well... You can leave the names of individuals, maybe, blank.
2: Yeah, I don't remember, actually, even <laughs> who it was, but when we first got married, um, intensity kind of comes with the territory, and so we would often have couples over for dinner or just people... And um, so I'd be asking questions and kind of digging around and just um, intuitively feel like at different times, like, I think this is a question I need to ask, or this is somewhere that I need to go. And so Heather would sometimes feel the discomfort of the person that I was asking the question to. Yeah. And not necessarily tune into whether or not... I like how you're trying to... <laughs> whether or not... She wasn't really dialed into whether or not it was it was a, a good place to go. She would more dial into like, oh, they might feel uncomfortable. I better stop this. Yeah. And so a couple of times this happened where underneath the table, she would kick me if she felt like I was being too intense uh-huh. with the question asking. And so I... Un, under, I don't know if any of you have ever been kicked under the table yeah. by your wife or anyone. I mean, I'm sure you have, Kent. Thanks. Um, most of the world probably not. Anyway, it's a bit unnerving when you're in the middle of a sentence and you're trying to, and you get whacked in the <laughs> shin. And so I'm like, after a while, I just was like, I'm not sure. This does not seem <laughs> right. So I was just like, why are you kicking me? <laughs> and. So, not surprisingly, that put a stop to that approach.
3: So what? what? I don't really like where this story is going, <laughs> or where this podcast is going.
2: I love it. Yeah,
3: a couple years ago, um, the phrase "you're called to set the table" came to my mind, um, which I was kind of like, yeah, I feel like that is what I do—kind of just set the table for connections that happen. I love to like physically set the table, but then also like even in settings like hinge work set the table mm-hmm. so that people can come and connect with one another. And, um, it was cool. Cause I wrote that phrase in my journal, just set the table. And the very next day, um, a friend of mine called and was like, Hey, we're having a Christmas party. Could you set the table for, for us? Um, which felt like just like a cool little mm-hmm. love note from mm-hmm. the Lord and cool confirmation of like, okay, mm-hmm. that is what you're called to do.
0: Yeah. I think you really bring a like just a presence to people's lives where they feel like they can open up and just be themselves and um, yeah. bring the the good, the bad, the ugly and you just sort of set like an atmosphere of like hey, I'm here, like I'm listening, I'm yeah. open um, and then you can speak into the hurt or the good or the encouragement that they need to hear yeah, yeah. thank you so yeah, that's sweet amen guys both approach things a little bit differently. So you've had couples over to your home, you've really Mm -hmm. opened your home up, you're hospitable, you've walked with people um, in a ton of different circumstances, whether that's churches or at home or uh, in different seasons and things. Maybe where did that heart come from to really invite people or specifically couples? Was that from the beginning?
2: Yeah, I think it honestly was before we even got together. I remember talking to Heather, the idea of community and connection, um, and even just really intentional living, um, mentoring and discipleship type of relationships was something that was on our hearts. I remember, uh, yeah, before we were dating, there was this, uh, concept called, um, discipleship houses. And so, uh, I knew Heather lived in one. It was called Mary's house. And so it was girls who were living together in their early twenties and just doing life together with some specific intentionality and i remember being like oh so you live at mary's house and she was like i started mary's house
0: <laughs> i am mary
2: right so i was kind of <laughs> like oh sorry doc that i didn't mean to take that away from you those, I ty- love it. those type of moments yeah. were indicative of our relationship at that point she kind of I would catch her looking at me once in a while and think like yeah this could work and then i would talk to her and she'd act like she hated me so (laughs) that's kind of how that went
0: i love
3: it i feel like from the beginning that was something that we talked about even when we were dating and it wasn't uncommon even after we got married for someone just to show up for dinner or for him to call me like 10 minutes before and be like so-and-so is coming for dinner and so that's just kind of how it got started we just like, from the beginning, our house was open. Um, especially the first couple of years, we lived in community with young people. So it was mm-hmm. very common for people to come over after di- for dinner or after dinner or have Bible studies at our house. So that's just kind of how it started. And then I feel like even over the years, like, we've moved um, 10. We've lived in mm-hmm. 10 different houses. Mm-hmm. So kind of, um, yeah, just over time, just learning yeah just how to create home um yeah. and build yeah build create home and have our home be a place that we want to pe- invite people in and yeah yeah
2: mm-hmm. one thing that we observed pretty early on and we were um we traveled a lot and we would do a lot of teaching and preaching in churches and ministry bases and ywam bases and we would recognize that when people were in like an in very intentional um you know, missions program or something where they were surrounded by other Christians. It was great. Things were fine. But then they would come back to the real world and try to get a, a real job and still keep growing spiritually and remain connected with people. And it seemed like we watched people just struggle to do that. So it was really on our hearts, like how does this should be able to happen in the midst mm-hmm. of real life and with jobs and with um, adult responsibilities and stuff. So early on, uh, from an early time, that's that's been something we've both been really passionate about and heather does a great job setting the table and just she was always flexible um when i would bring people in and just um <laughs> we just kind of went for it and you know most of the time she wasn't kicking me under the table <laughs>
0: so. i like i like how heather it feels like this is the first time that mark has ever like poked fun at each like you're kind of like i can't but you say that like every time, like, I can't
3: believe you that again. I know, you think I'd be more like, <laughs> used to it by now. I know, I love but it. But I still act shocked every time. That I know, he, like, that's what I
1: mean. It kind of reminds me of, uh, have you ever listened to any Erwin McManus, Erwin McManus um, sermons? This is ridiculous. He like always kind of rags on his wife, in front of the congregation. But then when she gets up on stage, she gets to do the same thing.
2: <laughs> Ooh, I don't like where this and, is going.
1: <laughs> but it no, it's it's great. Like and he like builds her up immediately yeah. after and just shows the the, the character fun. and like the, the life that she brings into it
3: as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. And so you guys
1: have that as well.
0: Okay. So you guys are very different.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Is that fair to say? Yes. It's yes. I love that. We, um
3: we recently I, and I know the Enneagram is super popular right now. Um, I got and started like studying it like last year, read a couple books on it. And, um, I feel like it was super, I like, I always knew that we were different, but I feel like, um, as I kind of dove into some of the Enneagram stuff, like I'm a number one and Mark's a number eight. And, um, the one thing I read, like you could put your numbers in and see what like a marriage looks like with these numbers. Um, and basically, we are like fire and ice. <laughs> or, as they also said, like the pirate and the school teacher. And I will let you guys um, figure out which one's the pirate and which one's the school teacher. Yeah, right. But yeah, um, yeah. so it was very eye opening to be like, oh, yeah, that explains some of the tension yeah. that we feel. But then. Um, I also, it also said that when we can work together, we can literally, like, change the world. Mm-hmm. In which I feel that. Like, when we, like, join our... Because we're so different, our gifts can, like, really complement each other. And we, we can, like, bring out each, our, each other's strengths. And then, um, and like, work with each other's weakness. Yeah, our weaknesses and strengths complement yeah. each other.
0: Well, I remember um, um, he was... Yeah, well, just some of your backstory. I mean, you're Mark, pointing at Mark, very, very intense or you and it did used to be i think even more so yeah yeah um heather i'm assuming was very much more timid and has yeah. entered into very greater gentle. intensity yes. as you've come uh, yeah. together and yeah. yeah
2: and it it is interesting um i think when you get married you kind of think with uh, well, this person's like me or um, i remember even with like something as simple as um Trying to hear the voice of God or the way that you pray together, or things like that. Like when we got married for me, that was in a season where it was kind of like I would pray and get an answer, and then that's what I would do. And so at times I would ask Heather, like, well, what do you think we should do? And she'd be like, well, I kind of feel like this. And I'd be like, okay, why? And she's like, I don't know, it just kind of feels right. And I'd be like, oh my goodness, like <laughs> you are so on a mission to compromise me and make me weak. <laughs> and because it didn't compute in my mind it would be like well because i saw this picture and then i saw this and then this was my sign and then i just knew that's the way god was speaking and then i remember listening to a teaching about mercy oriented individuals and how with them it's not black and white and it's more like a journey with god where you're walking and everything feels good and then you take a couple steps one direction you're like something doesn't quite feel right here Let's go back over here. Ah, this feels right again, but there's Mm -hmm. not, you can't really, it's very hard to put words to, to it. It's much more operation based on the way that things feel. Mm -hmm. And so it was really helpful to get that um, insight about how we're wired differently in that way. So I was able to fortunately pretty early on in our marriage, begin to trust that stuff with Heather, especially with certain things. Like when it's time to, when it was time for us to move, I could get vision for a house, in almost any town or part of the world or any kind of building or whatever. Uh, But uh, what I came to realize is Heather almost always had us zeroed in. And like when she walked into a house was like, no, I think this is it. I just knew to just trust that and not fight that. And so um, she led us to quite a a few awesome, awesome spots. Yeah. So anyway, I think it's a journey learning how to, uh, to operate with each other. And when I'm feeling particularly, um, like a pirate (laughs) and she might be feeling like, like today's a great example. Like she's like, you know, I want to know where we're going. I want a script. I want questions. And I, well, okay. A a script, um, or a lot of questions, something that really wasn't going to happen. And, um, I did try to do my best to kind of say, Hey, here's some points where I think we're probably going to head. Um, but just learning to, to flow and learning when she needs to just relax and then learning sometimes I need to calm down a little bit. hmm
3: mm-hmm.
0: So you, you're you more like feeler, feeling mm-hmm. sensitive. Yes. Do you struggle to put things into words? like um, Or like identifying things and then just like getting it out or like...
3: Um, yes, sometimes. I mean, I feel like over the years I've been growing like, yeah. in my gift with that. Definitely when we first were married, it was more of a struggle. Um, but I feel like I've been learning, yes, just more how to, like, I do feel things very sometimes intensely and just learning to how to decipher what that is and how to know what to do with those things that I'm feeling, um, Mm -hmm. for sure has been a journey. Um, yeah. 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 But yeah, we help each other out in that for sure.
2: Yeah. 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 Definitely at the beginning, like now when Heather talks about our early marriage, I often cringe when she's way more honest. About how she felt then, and <laughs> she was at the time, and so I, at times, I'm like, and I think you don't need to maybe be quite so <laughs> honest about that, That's but um, yeah, she's definitely learned to uh, to articulate that more effectively, and mm-hmm. um, and I think I've learned to ask questions more than just assume that I know what's going on, mm-hmm. which is really important to be able to draw out um, draw out things like that. I mm-hmm. think for for heather it's helpful for me to ask questions and kind of dig around a little bit can can help her to, to find what's there
0: mm-hmm. yeah so yeah it's just really cool seeing you guys like work together um with yeah just like couples or conversations i know we've been over to your house and like really benefited from all of you and just like seeing your family like in operation yeah. just like being yourselves being a family and- I know we've been so encouraged and challenged and uplifted and we walk away going. Like there's been so many times where I'm like, man, I just wish I was uh, as direct as Mark sometimes or like just as like uh, thinking through things the way that you look at things. Um, Was that hard in the beginning, Heather? Like, did you know you had the gifts that you have? Like when you talk to people and you feel things out?
3: Um, yeah, right around the time that we got together, um, I was discovering my gifts and kind of, um, what my spiritual gifts were kind of, yeah, I was in a senior in college when we met. So I knew that I had like discernment and that I was like a prayer warrior and that I would feel things for people like kind of burden bearing and, um, Yeah. I felt like, and I knew that his gifts were different than mine and that we could work together in those things. Mm. But then I think over the years, um, yeah, continuing, I feel like they have like changed and evolved, you know, and even the way that we work together has changed and evolved. And, um, um, even in this season, I think it looks, um, originally like when we first were married, we did a lot of ministry and we still do, but I think, um, even practically how we work together in this season is like a lot of times Mark gets like um, vision for stuff. And then I help him to put the plan into how to carry it out. Like, I think we, I see that like in this Mm -hmm. season kind of operating, um, which is cool. Like, yeah, I feel like oftentimes you'll get a vision for something and I'll be like, okay, like I'll, I don't know, even for like decorating this or just different things Mm -hmm. that he would help get the vision. And I would, put the pieces together and
2: kind of, yeah. Yeah, hinge work. I mean, the space hinge work is a perfect example of that. Like, Heather, you know, I have the vision for this. And then um, Heather comes in and just makes it feel much more like home and brings greenery and... um,
1: Yeah, and she's, like, always adding new things to it. Like, we have these new wooden chairs that fit the aesthetic
2: perfectly. Yes. Thank you.
3: Yeah. Sorry, I feel like my perfectionism um, of like making sure I'm saying everything perfectly is definitely yeah. That's another thing I struggle with perfectionism.
0: So why do you struggle with perfectionism? I'm just getting jumped in.
3: I mean, I think that's like, I mean, I always have. I'm the oldest child. Like I said, I have an enneagram one who's that's like the perfectionist is what they call that. Um, yeah, so I definitely, perfectionism is definitely, like, I would say I'm, like, a, a trying, that's something I've been trying to overcome, yeah. like, just, yeah. and giving myself grace, giving my husband and children grace, and just, yeah, just giving, yeah, and I think some of it is, like, releasing these expectations that I have myself that are not realistic, like, oftentimes mm-hmm. they're not realistic mm-hmm. expectations that, like, yeah, so just learning how to give grace.
2: Can you let people into, like, what does that look like when you talk about, I think you've learned a lot through reading the Enneagram stuff, and what does number one's battleground look like?
3: They want to do do the right thing, be good, and yeah, and basically do the right thing in every situation. Yeah. Um,
2: Sounds like a horrible idea. Sounds
1: pretty boring.
2: Yes. Thank <laughs> wow. You, <dude. laughs>
0: we bring guests on to
1: insult them. We also build them up eventually. Yeah.
2: Good I'm
0: cop,
1: bad cop. Um. Sheesh. So.
3: And they can drive yeah. themselves crazy. So the, with at the, the end of the day, in it's in their heads right. that are telling them, yeah, hmm. yeah. They have like a very strong super ego that is mm. always there in the back of your mind. So that, yeah,
2: it often produces be gooder, try harder, be better, do what's right, and a lot of like self-criticism. Right. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yes. So how does so that I- translate into then your ability to extend grace to others, like your husband?
3: Yeah, sometimes that can be a challenge. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> 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 what did she say? I she said, said sometimes some- that could be a challenge. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I think the biggest thing is God's has me on this journey of like giving myself grace, like just realizing like nobody can do it all. Like I think especially like in social media, like even makes that feel sometimes mm-hmm. ten times worse because you can look and be like, Well, they have the decorated house, they're like an awesome cook they you know they have like this great I don't know like every great family um they eat healthy you know you start to you can't be perfect in every area but mm-hmm. I feel like it's easy to start to try to achieve perfection in all those areas at least for me and drive myself crazy and like recognize I can't yeah there's things I have to let go of and yeah
1: and that comparison yeah the um, comparison thing and it's just so dangerous yeah to get caught up in um and I can imagine it's even worse if you're a one or a perfectionist. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: I think it's a little comical because you do have a great family. You do make great food. Yeah. You do have an awesomely decorated home. <laughs> and I think you play a large part in that. So And a hot husband.
3: <laughs> I think I have the gift of being able to see, um, like even in like going into a house and be able to see the potential of a house or being Mm -hmm. able to see like, okay, you could paint that, do that. And it would be awesome. Mm -hmm. But I think that, which is a real gift. But then sometimes that that same gift can be, I can walk into a a house and I can see all the things like walk into my house and see all the things that need to be done or that are wrong Mm -hmm. or that are out of place. And so that same gift that can see the potential or like walk into this building and we could, I could easily see, yes, this building could be awesome. Yeah. I see the potential. But yeah. So like knowing how to channel that gift that I can go in and see the things that need to be changed and knowing when to like turn that off and just be like, it's okay to like just rest in the things that aren't finished and are incomplete and not perfect. And then Mm -hmm. when to dive in and like, yeah, Yeah. improve them. Yeah. Yeah. And I I can do that. In, like, the physical, like, with a house where I can do that in my own life and just learning to, like, give grace for the imperfections and the things that are, yeah. Yeah. Um, What
0: what came to my mind is how that, I feel like, specifically reflects, like, the image of God. Like, he's created you like that. Yeah. um, To reflect him because he's a creator Mm -hmm. and he... um, saw the potential of the universe and made a really cool universe and like you see the potential for things and so when you're creating and you're like diving in and you're like in that mindset like you're actually it's like worship like you're doing a great thing just by being like who god made you to be um so i think that's really really special to have vision for something Mm -hmm. that's incredible um you were saying mark how does that play out you know in our in your day to day life, or what are some things you've kind of had to walk through specifically with that?
3: I think for me, recently, with comparison, I think I recognize that um, my phone is not always a tool of rest. So, oftentimes, when I'm in that headspace, if I pick up my phone and I'm in that already kind of in that, like, mm, everything doesn't feel quite like I want it to feel, and I just pick up the phone. And just start like scrolling through Instagram. I'm definitely probably going to be more likely to go into like this restless, com- anxious place. Mm-hmm. So I think in the those times, like even just last week, I took some time just not being on Instagram just to clear my headspace and just um, taking some time to like journal or like go for a walk or do other things that aren't. Yeah. I don't know. I just kept feeling like God had been telling me just that the, the phone is not your um, a tool of rest. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, I think if I'm trying to get to a place of rest, that's not the way, to, that's not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, that's one just simple, like, thing just to, like, yeah, take mm. breaks from that. Cause I think I didn't, I realize it can, like, really affect me. Um, when you start opening yourself up, I think some that's
2: something things. we can really help each other with. So, one of the things I've come to trust in Heather um, that if she would have done it like seven years ago in our marriage, I I Or when she did, I probably didn't respond well. But so when she brings up this word insecurity, it it would before bring up this defensiveness in me. So she, if I was kind of saying something maybe super passionately and feeling like I was really justified in what I'm saying, she'd be like, um, I, th- I think you feel maybe just like you're just feeling insecure right now. And uh, when she first started kind of getting after that stuff, I would be like, um, how about not? And I think this is your issue. Now I've come to realize that most of the time when she's bringing that most, um, you know, it's really accurate. And so I can kind of pause and just save myself all the defensiveness and just pause and look inward and go like, okay. Or a lot of times she'll be like, you keep reaching for your phone right now. Like, why are you doing that? Are you feeling insecure about something? And which I've come to realize is like, yeah, I hide behind my phone a lot without even realizing it. Or Mm -hmm. I just, it's like a security blanket. I'm just like Mm -hmm. touching it and, Just looking at something when reality is maybe I'm having a thought about my business that, or my creativity, or how I'm not good enough. Um, And instead of just kind of dealing with that and flushing it or having a conversation to help me through it, I'm just kind of masking it with just busyness in my head. So I think that's one way we can, we really try to take time to help each other. And recognize uh, that stuff. And like Heather's personality, along with that, like she needs space in the morning. So we try to get her some space when the oldest two kids get on the bus to give her like the next half hour or whatever to um, to kind of be alone or go on a walk by herself is something that she really needs more space than I do typically to be able to recharge. And so these mm. um, so are just kind of things that we've learned over the years that we try to help each other out with and mm-hmm. for me as long as i'm in a place where i can humble myself and just hear her say you're just being insecure stop running um that's helpful
0: yeah so. yeah well that kind of segues a little bit into like your season your change of season and life recently so like all of your kids are in school right yes so crazy. um you were i was talking to ashley and i was like yeah they just like have all their kids in school and out of the house, and um, Mark and Heather go on coffee dates and go mm-hmm. on walks and do these things. Yeah, Woo! she was she was like, that sounds amazing. Yeah, and um, and of course we love our kids, but it's just yes. the reality of young. It's gonna be a few years till they get to mm-hmm. hear you yes. hear that. Yes, amen. <laughs> hey, yes, what's and that? It, what's that been like? Yeah.
3: It has been kind of a journey, like. Yeah. Um, on one hand, it feels like I want to do, like, cartwheels, and, like, it feels like graduation, like, after yeah. 15 years of being a stay-at-home mom, like, now, they're all now in school. Um, and in other ways, it's been this weird kind of, like, grieving thing that kind of has caught me by surprise. Um yeah, I think just the rea- I think it kind of corresponds with like our oldest who are now teenagers and starting to do teenager stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just very much in the throes of being teenagers, and um, our youngest is so or older two are once in high school, once in middle school, and then our youngest is um, six and just started first grade. Mm-hmm. So I think it just is this, um, just the reality of like the season is it's a new season, but just also like our season as parents is just changing and what kind of worked before, um, where I could just be like, okay, now it's snack time. Now it's nap time. Now we're going to do this. Now we're Mm going to do that. And I kind of just had a lot more control than I even realized. It's like learning how to release control and, um, yeah, it's just changing. I just feel like, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of caught me by surprise. Just, um, there's been some grieving, just the reality of like, that has been, like, for 15 years, it just feels like a long time that I've always had kids at home um, all day. Um, but it's also been really cool because I feel like in the last year, just starting to explore giftings outside of just being a mom, not that not just being a mom, yeah, but yeah. At, outside of being a mother because that felt like that... Mm-hmm. Um,
2: that took everything.
3: That took everything I had. I mean, yes, we have...
2: Mm-hmm
3: five kids I actually had nine pregnancies in 11 years so I spent mm-hmm. the first decade of our marriage being pregnant so yeah I feel like just in the last two I would say year but last two years just kind of exploring okay so what what else yeah there's that's a huge part of me but there's other parts that are now like kind of coming to life and awakening and it's been a fun process just to kind of see like what has been emerging yeah,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. was that hard like when you kind of got to like blank slate almost of, yeah. ju- of just like, yeah, oh, I could do a lot of things now. Was that hard to like step into or embrace?
3: Um, a little bit. I definitely, especially last year really was like struggling with some identity, like just identity, like yeah. what is my identity? Who am I? Yeah. What am I supposed, yeah, for sure. And I was surprised by how much I, it di- I didn't like that process. <laughs> like it felt, yeah, it didn't, yeah. I didn't always like that process of feeling like, who am I? What am I supposed to do? Yeah. Um especially as I tried to like, yeah, started to step into some more business stuff. It brought up a ton of insecurity just because mm-hmm. not really being in that realm for 15 years, it kind of felt a little scary.
2: Yeah. But I think even as I'm, as you're talking now, I'm thinking back to that process and just like, I haven't thought lately about how you're out of that process a lot. Yeah. Now no, that I you've feel like come through it. And I think I was, I always thought, and I think this is kind of cool. Like Heather launched a business, um, curate design company she, she launched it last fall and i thought it was kind of cool because it's like she has this nine months before she really has kind of like full days at her disposal um, so it gave her a chance to kind of see just go for it and see how it was going to feel but i think now like you know who you are like you know okay great i'm going to go design this airbnb i'm going to come into hinge work i'm going to connect with uh, the community there, and just encourage people, love people. I'm going to make that feel like home. I'm going to set the table, and I'm going to continue loving our five kids and making our home an inviting place for mm-hmm. other people. And so I don't know. It's been fun for me to watch that. Um, you know, I think you've done a great job. We were talking. First day of school is always for me like I just it. it um, I'm not even. It's it's like a um, it's like a measuring stick, or it's just like. It's always super emotional at our house because it's like we watch the kids get on the bus and it's just like the reality of like another year has come and gone. And um, it's kind of gut-wrenching in one way because you you know you're doing what you're supposed to do as parents, you wanna raise these kids up and prepare them to be moms and dads and husbands and uh, wives. And so that part of it's good, the part of it's hard to just like, but this is so sweet and watching them grow up is Um, such an incredible thing and like Eden's laugh as a six-year-old is something in some ways you never want to lose but you know that it's gonna it's gonna change and so the first day of school was always interesting and I I love photographing it and we were sitting on the bus this is like the first year that when that happened there literally was no one left Mm -hmm. and so you know Eden went running out and and she was so excited and she like um jumped on the bus and Hope he went behind her and then Silas and then he closed the gate, which he does every day. He helps his sisters on the bus and we have this old gate that they left up at the front of our house and he closes that gate and they get on the bus and it was like we just sat there and we're like wow. And Heather was like We literally
3: sat there like babies and balled our eyes up. <laughs> like yeah, <we> definitely, <laughs> what
2: happened. So it was just like one of those things because it's like you realize that all the stuff that you're investing in is like it's kind of In some ways, it's slipping away. In some ways, it's becoming exactly what it's supposed to be. We're sitting there and Heather's like, you know, trying to stop time is like trying to stop a moving train. And at that moment, I just felt like I was holding on to a caboose and just Mm -hmm. pounding on the (laughs) tracks behind it. Like, I was like, okay, I need to figure out what does it look like to just let go and transition into this season. Um, And so that's kind of been a lot of the last month of our lives. But... I think it's been pretty incredible because like that day we went for a little motorcycle ride, then we went out for lunch, and then we went um, To an antique store and, and found these chairs and just had a sweet time together. So it's been a really rich time It feels like an incredibly sweet season for us I think the challenge for both of us in this season is to like how do we just walk in that and not feel like it's our job to control or not screw it up so that we don't lose the awesomeness and the sweetness of the season
0: making me tear up over here you're talking <laughs> about your kids and i'm like picturing kai how he is now and every now and then i take a photo of him and he you know you've, you've been along for a child's journey the whole time but there's something about that photo how it captured in that mm-hmm. exact moment something further down the road almost like how they're gonna yes look, yes mm-hmm. and um
2: they start just some, to see him as a teenager yeah, or something yeah, yeah there's mm-hmm.
0: just so many times where i look at like I just took one yesterday, it was just like Instax Polaroid thing, a Fuji film, and I I was like, Oh my gosh. Like mm-hmm. you look so grown. And yeah. Uh, yeah. just hearing you guys is making me get all like I
3: don't want you to go. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's really hit me, I think especially this year, just having like more of a quiet house and just time to reflect just the reality of like m- like parenting and motherhood, like I felt like becoming a mother was such like a surrender, like I had to surrender and just embrace like, okay, my life is not my own kind of thing. And then, but the reality is I surrendered and kind of embraced Mm -hmm. motherhood. But then the whole point of it is that they eventually, it's like Mm -hmm. you embrace it only to surrender it back because the whole point is you're eventually going to let go and they're going to leave the house. And it's just kind of like gut wrenching as you think about the reality of that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like just a few weeks before school started, I was like, oh my gosh, there's five kids running around the house. I'm going crazy. And then, you know.
1: It just reminds me of the, in in the Magnolia story where Joanna Gaines is uh, cleaning the living room and she finds like red paint or Sharpies, something on one of her couches and is like about to have a mental breakdown. And then in the other room, her kids are just playing and laughing and she takes that moment and just realizes like, hey, I can... I can replace this. I can't replace the memories I'm gonna yeah. make with my kids. I can't replace that laughter, yeah. so it was just like important yeah. for her to be in that room mm-hmm. with the kids and so I yeah. feel like you in those moments of the the screaming and the and the <laughs> laughter and the and and the noise, yeah, you can really take hold of that, yeah, and, and find joy in it.
3: No, that's really good. I think that kind of goes back to even what I was saying before about like. I think for me, one of the biggest challenges is like keeping perspective, like in those yeah. moments, like what I see. Do I see like the mess and the chaos, or do I see, yeah, can mm-hmm. I see the, yeah, my kids being kids in childhood? And I don't, yeah, mm-hmm. keeping that perspective.
2: Yeah, it was like Saturday night. It was so sweet. I was lighting a campfire in a fire pit, and I, I came back in, and Heather was just had a game of Uno going on with Eden and <laughs> Hopi and Silas in the corner of the living room, and it was just a sweet, moment there was just one light on i was just kind of coming down on the five of them but she was just laughing at eden and eden you know just freaking out and um <laughs> sass and hope were mad because eden wasn't exactly playing by the rules <laughs> um, and it's just like you can take that moment to like clamp down on the rules or you can mm-hmm. take that moment to just laugh and enjoy a little bit of life mm-hmm. and heather was really just laughing and having fun with the kids it was a sweet moment for me to watch. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I'm never yeah. playing Uno with Eden. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: I mean, it's dangerous. Actually, she beat Heather and I yesterday. <laughs> like I draw for my wife to start the game for much hard and So forward. I was like and then I followed up with a draw too. I was like, I'm burying you. And <laughs>
3: Yeah, he's not really that much fun to play games with. Bro. Um.
2: <laughs> so she came back somehow heather actually we Mm. both had uno at opposite times and somehow eden freaking came back and beat us so
1: it's
0: because she's got cards up her sleeves, wife
2: probably she probably did cheat i mean
1: well the point is not to have are you saying she's hiding the cards like like skip cards i mean
2: it sounds like you know how to cheat an uno Um, (laughs) okay always
1: wear long sleeve shirts and turtlenecks
2: (laughs) <laughs> we were listening to this, um, uh, a little shameless plug here for John Mark McMillan, great musician. I think all, f- all four of us share a love for his music, but, um, he released, I think what was called the Mercury Sessions mm-hmm. a little while ago, which was kind of remixes of the songs from the album. But then he did like a, um, almost like a mini little podcast commentary. or Com- yeah, it was a, commentary.
1: Yeah, it was a commentary. it was all, it was long they commentary were really cool. which is great yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah and so we were and honestly the only reason i was even listening through that moses is 15 but he um he was super excited when the mercury sessions came out downloaded and was listening to it i didn't even know what was going on but we went to get ice cream one night as a family and he put it on so that we were listening to the commentaries and he's talking to the one how his life had been incredible when he took the plunge to start Uh, making his living through singing songwriting he and his wife did that and he was like i hope this works and they've never had to look back and it's 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 worked and they've been he married the beautiful girl yeah he married the beautiful girl he's doing what he he wanted to do you know he tells these stories about how he had these horrible jobs and getting cussed out as a waiter and all these things and all he wanted to do was make music and and it's worked. And here he is, He got the beautiful wife, beautiful kids, he's doing what he loves and everything's awesome. And then all of a sudden he hit a wall and um, you know, he didn't even realize he was having panic attacks because he didn't deal with um, anxiety in his mind, but he realized he would just be staring at a piece of paper, reviewing the same like list of things that need to be done for like two hours at a time. And, um,
3: but he was also saying in having it all, he was trying to keep it all. What
2: he really, yeah. What he realized was in, in having it all, he had somehow picked up the responsibility to keep it going and it was all up to him. Mm -hmm. And that was creating all this pressure and anxiety. And I feel like I can really relate to that. Like we've had, such a wild journey you know we, heather mentioned the nine pregnancies 11 years we have five babies here we have five in heaven that we lost through miscarriage and um and we we moved um you know where we were on is this our 11th house 10th. 10th house and um so obviously that's a lot of moving and there was all this transition and it was 11 years from the time we sold the first home that we had bought until we last year bought a home again we're able to buy a home again and we had we drive around it's so often we drive around Lancaster like oh yeah remember we walked through that house remember we walked through that house remember we walked (laughs) through that house we literally I I have no idea what the number is but it's 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 I'm sure it's like 30 or more um you know properties that we looked at possibly buying and um so finally it's like we have this house and Heather did an incredible job just um designing it and making it feel like home and working on it's like and now you know three years ago four years ago it was like the idea of making a living just by photography was like petrifying and like here i am i get to go out and get paid to work with a camera and tell stories and work with people that i love and have this co-working space where we're doing community and we're not like creating separate meetings to kind of do the things that we're passionate about but we actually have a space where people can come to and just do that naturally as Mm -hmm. life unfolds and we have five kids that are healthy and it's like and i have this beautiful wife and i'm like man uh what's going to go wrong Mm -hmm. (laughs) or how am i going to screw this up and i definitely have spent a lot of time this summer um, realizing and as i listened to as i listened to john mark mcmillan share on that I was like shoot I'm doing that is what's in my head and Heather's like did you hear what he just said (laughs) and I'm like probably said something like oh that's um, not really why was it for me Um, (laughs) but the reality was it really I felt like it hit the nail on the head so we've been trying to take the last couple months and just remind each other like look it's not all up to me which as an eight I think that's one of Like my battlegrounds, Heather's like, look, I think, Mark, this thing is when you feel like it's all up to you, that's when that's like a a warning or an alert, like you're in a danger zone and probably you're not operating as God's intended you to operate. So try to be aware of that, get perspective by talking to other people and just be honest, you know, with you guys and and with the awesome group of friends that we have and just be like, look, I'm just really struggling right now. I want to lay this down. I don't, I know it's not up to me, but I am freaking out in my head right now. So, Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that that, um, commentary was super helpful to identifying that, and then Heather's been awesome, and the group of friends here at HingeWork has been awesome to help just kind of keep walking forward and just realize that it's my job to just show up and be who I am, and it's God's job to let things flow out of that place. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: It was enemy love was the commentary, yeah. not yeah. haunted. So if anybody wants yes, to, and to and that, yes, and yes, yeah. and
2: that's a good reminder. So what he started to say is like almost he was making these blessings out to be like
0: something to manage. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm.
2: and they be, they were the blessings were becoming actually enemies, mm-hmm. and so yeah, that is what the song. You're mm-hmm. right, Gabe. Thank you. Um, and so when the blessings God given us start to feel mm-hmm. heavy like that, it's probably indicative that we're taking responsibilities that's not ours to take mm-hmm. and trying to control things. Um, and that can come from fear. That can come from past times where we did go mm-hmm. through something hard and being that's like, right. I never want to go through that again. I never want to go through that again.
3: We're putting too much pressure on ourselves or that just my trust in a father who even in those hard times, if mm-hmm. I look back, he was always there. So if I, I can just rest in that even, yeah, yeah. So,
2: And I think knowing who we are, like as it is really easy to look at someone else's life and all of a sudden be like, shoot, I'm probably supposed to be doing what they're doing to produce mm-hmm. the blessing that it's producing mm-hmm. in their life yeah. instead of just being confident and going like, no, that's not the filmmaker I'm supposed to be. That's not the photographer I'm supposed to be. I don't even like taking those type of photos. Um, or, you know, that's mm-hmm. not, that's really not what I want. I don't want to own 25 investment properties right now. That's just resting in that. Um, mm-hmm. I think just, Yeah. When we're at rest, we know who we are, and then we let God be God, and it puts us in a place to to just be Mark and Heather. And
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Ironically, we actually have a way more dynamic impact on the world when we're at that place. We were talking about a little bit earlier about just like social media, Instagram. How do you mm-hmm. how do you walk through that and remain healthy? It sounds so simple, but I think I, th- I think the whole concept of like you gotta you got to be really wary of comparing yourself. And when you find that yourself in that space, maybe it is time to just like delete Instagram for a little while at least, or like step away from, from social media and spend some face to face time connecting with someone. Mm -hmm. Um, I think one of the things we've experienced in our lives is we had people um, early on choose to invest in mentoring um, us. Um, And then lots of times we felt like we didn't have, those people or we felt like man you know, we to have some more fathers in our lives um and we certainly experienced some non-ideal things in some of those relationships mm-hmm. but we chose to keep being what we wanted to have yeah. towards other people yeah and so i think f- one thing i really want to say to the emerging generation is especially if you're dealing with a bunch of comparison or discontent or whatever is like get out and find somebody two or three years or five years younger than you or someone who wants to do what you're doing and love on them and pour into their life uh it really kind of has a way of just dealing with things and occupying our hearts and minds in a healthier way and it deals i think with a lot of the kind of Mm -hmm. bs naturally and so I I think that's kind of a lost art I don't see necessarily a tons and tons of mentoring taking place but Mm. it's unlikely that you're gonna regret um, doing that
3: I was thinking about I keep talking about podcasts here but um, this podcast that I've been I listened to a lot last year when I was kind of just like working through what's next for me identity stuff was this um, podcast called doing the next the yeah the next next right right thing thing by Emily Freeman Yep and the one episode i listened to like three times because i felt like it was just like a message that i need to like hear and over, over mm-hmm. again but she just talks about um that the art is the evidence kind of of like what god is doing inside of you and it's some it's not so much even about like the book you're writing or the photograph or the art piece but it's about like you becoming alive and you becoming you and that like sometimes the art isn't complete until we release it but that the art is the evidence of like what God's doing inside of you mm-hmm. and like um, mm-hmm. I felt like yeah that just really connected because I think it's easy to compare and be like especially if I start like go on Instagram and be like well everybody's decorating everybody's good at this every like why there's not room for there's not really room for me mm. but if I think about this is making my heart come alive and I feel more like me when I'm doing it then it's like there's something like, yeah, there's something powerful in that. Mm -hmm. When I'm not looking around all the other people doing it, but if I know like, this is making my heart come alive and I feel like I need to release this because it's making me a better person and making me alive. Yeah, It's a different thing than when I'm looking at what everyone else is doing. Yeah, Yeah.
1: I've I've definitely struggled with that too. And I mean, this may not have been like the best alternative to like get rid of that was I just like unfollowed all sorts of photographers
2: yeah. no, i think yeah. that's a great idea gabe uh you're still following me right really good who? <laughs> who you're still following no, me right? i agree
3: with yeah, that yeah. i think well that's you're nice.
1: never on but
3: yeah
2: <laughs> a good yeah, point i'm not following. very i'm not much to be intimidated by well, these days
1: yeah well it, like it's more specifically like wedding photographers because yeah. like mm-hmm. i don't want to get yeah. into that mindset of like oh man they shot this venue yeah. like that and like i should have done this mm-hmm. yeah. and i just get like so down on myself yep. and, and when i do that i end up posting less or I just get like really in my head right. and like don't really want to talk to anybody, and so that I think has been really good for me this year. Yeah. And while at the same time, I feel like I've made some amazing connections and networking through yeah. Instagram and meeting other photographers. Um, so I like it's a it's a constant struggle of how much do I follow, who do I follow, and like what kind of like community can I build around this platform Mm -hmm. which is which is good there's there's definitely a lot um a lot of people that I've met that have been so inspiring and I've learned so much from and like even tomorrow I'm driving with Sam to a workshop in North Carolina who I'm gonna meet one of these photographers that I've met through Instagram and through Facebook and I'm she's like extremely talented very original and so it's going to be really exciting to be able to connect with her in person for the first time
3: yeah
2: yeah i think um getting back to what when heather was saying about the podcast i think she says on there like look does the world need another song i'm not sure i mean i'm not sure you can Sure, you could argue that the world doesn't need another song or does need another song but the point is if if what's on your heart and what brings you life is writing a song and releasing that song to the world then that's what you need to do The world
3: needs more people yeah. with their hearts alive right yeah. Yeah. that
2: is what the world needs mm-hmm. right um and so the, the question is not like does the world need another wedding photographer does the world need another whatever but is it where you're finding life? And mm-hmm. I think throughout our lives, even creatively and as entrepreneurs, it just, we can really save ourselves a lot just by going like, well, if I'm not finding any life in that thing anymore, maybe part of that could be an attitude problem, but also part of that could be, maybe I'm supposed to kind of keep evolving and, um, and being faithful to what's on my heart. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I remember Rick Joyner, used to just like living, like the wildest adventure you could live should be lived out by Christians who are following God and just uh, following the things that he invites them into. Like that should be the most wild Mm -hmm. adventure. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, I think Melissa talks about this too. Melissa Helser, she definitely talks about like adventure in theory versus adventure (laughs) in reality. And adventure in reality, you know, um, has anxious moments and, Mm -hmm. and things that leave scars on a heart. Um, and I think that's really accurate, but if there's no risk of that, then there really isn't, it really is an adventure. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I think you keep leaning in and keep going for it. And I think keep it's, it's like this art of like, you need to keep it surrendered, keep things surrendered and keep leaning in, um, at the same time. It's definitely like way more art form than it is science. Um, but if we're trusting the Lord, he is going to lead us to, uh, to a pretty sweet adventure
1: i would just reaffirm everybody check out the spotify sessions of mercury and lightning they're amazing
2: yes and a couple of podcasts on our list to recommend are
3: the next right thing with emily p freeman
2: Mm -hmm. and is it cageless Spurs"? jonathan melissa helser always encouraging and inspiring and perspective
0: filled and the HingeWork podcast yeah like and subscribe (laughs) thanks for listening to the HingeWork podcast HingeWork is a creative co-working space in the heart of downtown Lancaster PA find out more at www.hingework.com